It is at the top of the summit that Mihira is chosen to become the aspect of justice. And that is when, you know, as far as that we get this horrific image that we see in her card. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So if you, we reference this episode a lot because we like it a lot. If you've listened to our Annie episode, you know what magic does to pregnancies. <laughs> Welcome to Casuals of Runeterra, episode 125. I'm your host, Ryan. Here with the other host, Edge. And we have a very enlightened and justified episode for you today. <laughs> whoa, 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 slow down. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> or ignore it at your own risk. Listen here, mortals. <laughs> the most important episode just dropped. Yeah, we're talking about Kill Day. Um, homekeep. Oh, how homekeeping. 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 <laughs> housekeeping. <laughs> Housekeeping, housekeeping. <laughs> Shout out to my Family Guy watching. Oh jeez, housekeeping. Maybe I stay and watch. <laughs> Maybe I join. You can listen to us everywhere. Email us at podcastcore at gmail.com. This is your first episode. We're sorry. We're so sorry. <laughs> This but also, a, this is what you're in for. Yeah, this is this about as honest as <laughs> Remember that's cor.com uh, for all of our info. And then follow us on all the platforms because we appreciate it. And it helps us with discoverability. Remember, it's grassroots, baby. Uh, leave a like and comment. And the easiest way is word of mouth. That's what's gotten us here. Uh, so you can tell a friend to never judge a book by its cover by listening to the Casuals of Runeterra podcast. And oh boy, I I like how you say you can't judge a book by its cover while we talk about probably the two characters that you can totally judge by their cover. <laughs> <laughs> they, but hey, who? what do we know? What do we know? Yeah, right. The aspect of injustice. See, we're also dealing with the demographic of Hetch here, where when he sees a woman in goth makeup, he doesn't have the thought that she's bad. He has a thought that she's good. So he's kind of a skewed audience. <laughs> I, I'm sorry. Like, you say skewed. I say correct. Yeah, he All sees right? Morgana. So, he's like, oh, what an angel. And it's like, Hedge, that's not the common. <laughs> I mean, she's definitely more of an angel than Kale. That's for damn you see, sure. You see, audience? You see, <laughs> you see, listeners, what I'm talking about? He's broken. <laughs> Let's start with this spell. I'm correct, not broken. <laughs> Celestial Impact is a seven-cost slow spell uh, that says obliterate a unit or landmark, heal your nexus three. Uh, we care about none of that. It's too expensive. What we care about is the quote here, <laughs> which is, who would arrive in our hour of need? And that's from a Shuriman elder. So... It's simple, but the reason it's important is because thematically what we're about to talk about, you could see how a place like Sharima that has to deal with <laughs> uh, darkens, the void, corrupted ascendants would turn to any figure to assist them in their time of need. 
And we say that because as we talk about Kale a little bit later here, um, not your first option for someone you want to help you when you need some power on your side. Yeah, I like especially once we get like deeper into the Kale story, it's kind of like that I the concept of like calling the police on your neighbors. Oh my um, god, so correct. Because <laughs> like like you know, like, there are times where like, you know, you let emotions rule and maybe you make the call and then all of a sudden you're paying a ticket for some stupid fine yeah. because of like the where where you park your car, right? Yeah. Like it's it's something dumb and that's that's what Kale is to this universe. But uh obviously like a Shereman, the Shereman's like they they don't have a choice. <laughs> They're beset on legitimately all sides. The ground is against them. <laughs> <laughs> Nature itself is trying to consume us. It's like, like Arizona. Is, Nothing should be built there. It is it is built in hubris against the gods. Uh, <laughs> but but I will say that, you know, don't write this card off uh, if you're playing in not the standard format and you're a Lux player. Because um, <laughs> yeah. this will create a laser. But yeah, otherwise you're right. Like we we don't need this card. What's our next card? <laughs> our next card is the uh, Fire Angel Mommy herself, uh, Mahira, Aspect of Justice. So Mahira, you look at the picture of this card, you're like, what the fuck is that? Um, it is the uh, <laughs> true form of an angel uh, by definition, if it was drawn. <laughs> uh, but it fits very well to the story because we'll talk about, Hetch will talk about, you know, Mahira, who is the mother of Kale and Morgana. But the quote here is what matters because this reinforces what we spoke about earlier. It says, oh, let me talk about the card. It's a five cost one one. Um, it has round end, grant allies in play and in hand plus one. Strong ability, that's why it's a one one. And then when it has empowered five, so empowered five is uh, once the creature's power matches the number next to empowered that triggers additional abilities so here the additional abilities are it gains elusive lifesteal and overwhelm and once i read this quote uh you could probably see if you want to go real deep how these empowered keywords kind of play into the theme of the character itself some revere the aspects as gods others see them as messengers from the realm beyond still others fear them and perhaps rightly so and this is from Lorekeeper Skeen um, or Skyen. I we're gonna go with Skyen. Skyen there is a comma there. All right, all right, Skyen. Yeah, um, but yeah, like the like the card itself is you know kind of is kind of chill. Like the empowered mechanic is fun to play around with, but it's not super strong because. Yeah. Uh, I mean, when they're not empowered, we're looking at a 1-1 one, one, uh, that you spend five mana on. So, uh, hello, Static Shock. But <laughs> the um, that aside, like, the, like we're going to really dive into uh, as kind of more of what the aspects, the beginning of the aspects as far as, like, the history of Runeterra kind of set themselves as because the only aspect we've really talked about in detail has been Pantheon. We talked a little bit about 
um, about Tarek, but you know, we'll, we've got some more Tarek stuff possibly down the road. But when looking at Pantheon, you know, Pantheon is like, yeah, that's a guy that's that's a god, right? Yeah. Like, that's as Greek Roman god as you can get, comes down and he's here to fight for the mortal man. Hell yeah. So, why would you be afraid of an aspect? And to learn why you would be afraid about an aspect, let's talk about Kale. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's get into it. Yeah, so the aspect of injustice. Yeah, so to talk about Kale, we have to go a long way back. So this is, um, I think this is like right after the Runic Wars. Uh, Yes. If it's not, or if it's not that, then it's like right at or during the Runic Wars. Yeah, it's kind of it's kind of rough because we've. I mean, we recently did our Rise episodes. If you haven't listened to those, and. Not that Kale appears in any significant form, but he does use the assistance of the aspect of justice from time to time as he's traveling around gathering runes. So the and, existence and when things are happening is a bit muddled. Um, yeah. Also because Kale is an OG character as well. Yes, and but we do know that they do interact at some point due to the fact that it's even in the animations of Runeterra, when you flip over Rise, uh, Kale is right there. Mm-hmm. So we do know that Rise was around possibly before Kale, but who knows? Um, either way, we're t- going way back in time uh, to at the beginning of our story. And this takes place at Mount Targon. And so at Mount Targon, we have t- a couple that's climbing the mountain, and that is Mihara and Kilum. Uh, so we just talked about Mihara and uh Kilam is her husband and they are climbing Mount Targon in hopes of reaching out to the celestials for guidance or for additional power to protect their village and their home. Right? This is very Targon-esque. Yeah. Uh, like look at any of our other Targon episodes and it's something similar is going on. Uh the the big twist here is that on their journey, Mihira realizes that she is pregnant. But despite this realization, she she just digs in and decides to keep moving forward yeah. to save their to save their home. So they do make it to the top of the summit, and it is at the top of the summit that Mahira is chosen to become the aspect of justice. And that is when, you know, as far as that we get this horrific image that we see in her card. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So if you we reference this episode a lot because we like it a lot. If you've listened to our Annie episode, you know what magic does to pregnancies. <laughs> <laughs> what are you saying? Something like happened like wrong with Annie? <laughs> are you suggesting she's just not a perfect little girl in her no, own way? Listen, I'm saying that some people use fertility drugs to assist themselves. Others use <laughs> magic. And one is drastically different than the other. <laughs> drastically different. But um, so now that now that Mahira is the aspect of justice, uh, she does become a very renowned warrior. They now have the power needed to save their home. So despite being pregnant, she goes out, she fights, defends her home. And then, you know, down the road after a proper amount of time, she gives birth, but she gives birth to twins. And the first born 
is Kale, and the second born is Morgana. And it's even written that Kale was as bright as the sun, just as much as her sister was as dark as night. So they came out of the womb, yin and yang, essentially. Like yeah, they are polar sense. opposites. This all lines up to, you know, we talk about like the early history of Sharima slash Ikathia, right? And we're looking at the early history of Targon pre-Lunari Solari, right? So it makes sense, and even to the point where we're about to talk about the early days of Demacia, which is to the south. So it's all of this is taken thematically and applied to this pregnancy, which is also very cool, right? Because we know how important Morgan and Kale are to the overarching, you know, celestial fight stuff um, yeah. of Runeterra. So this is neat. This is neat. This and is a good. It, it's very on the nose, right? It's very simple to see, uh, but that doesn't make it any less cool. Yeah, I mean, but you need to have that simplicity for the foundation. Yeah. Every story can and, be complicated and nuanced. Yeah, and but this is the foundation of the complications and nuances mm -hmm. that we get later on exactly. when we get the Solari and the Lunari, because this is happening long before any of that. Yeah. Because we're, we're way back in time. Yeah. And to start building that foundation, the husband, Kilam, is like, yo, um it's great. I'm so happy we have our beautiful daughters, but you are the strongest warrior in all of the land. Mm -hmm. And now all the strongest enemies are looking for you, Mahira. So I'm going to get the kids out of here. Like yeah. I'm, I'm going to go. And he decides to cross over the conqueror's sea to a land that is protected naturally from magics. Um, so if anybody who's listened to our Demacia episodes, which we might have a few of because one of the hosts here loves Demacia, no telling who, um, <laughs> <laughs> this may be sound, start sounding like, Hey, is he going to the Petrocyte forest? And that's a hundred percent where he's going. <laughs> right? But at this time, the Petrocyte forest, a place where magic is devoid. And this is a very young Runeterra at, as far as historically, um, it's not really a place that's been settled heavily because a lot of people have access to magic at this point yeah. of history. So he goes somewhere that is essentially very remote, but it's also and not only is it remote, it's a place that the most powerful people of society and the world avoid because their powers don't work there. And it is here that he decides to raise his daughters and the older they become, the more different that they become. So that, and I even put in my notes that Kale and Morgana, they are the yin and yang. Yeah. But we, despite the fact that they're yin and yang, we're only going to be focusing on like Kale's childhood here. Yeah. So Kale is the, when she becomes a teenager, she is <laughs> very precocious. Uh, she is constantly butting heads with the village elders, constantly butting heads with any authority figures, but not necessarily because she's rebellious. It's because she is enforcing the laws that are in place over them. So, you know, like she's the, she is the Karen of the subdivision. She's over yeah. there going, you can't park your car on this side of the curb. There's a sign here that says that I need you to move your car. I don't care who you are. I don't care if you're with the HOA. Move your car. <laughs> yeah, it's let's put it this way. <laughs> People like this, you technically don't want in positions of power uh, <laughs> because of it, it's interesting how this is written, because 
usually a normal person who has this self-imposed sense of justice and power uh, is problematic, but her sense of justice and power is kind of a birthright, which makes it different. So the way she's acting isn't out of place, right? It, it's kind of expected because she's the one who's a spitting image of her mother. Yes. Uh, not only is she the spitting image of her mother, but obviously, you know, her father is going to be raising them mm -hmm. on the story of what it was like because, you know, they're probably hitting ages where it's like, hey, where's mom? Yeah. Um, and so he's going to be telling them stories about mom. Yeah. And mom is the aspect of justice. And it's like, oh, Kale, you look just like your mother. And so kids like, oh, justice. Yeah. I know what justice is. <laughs> I am the knight. Um, I am. And, you know, luckily she's just a kid. So, yeah. like, being just a kid, it can't be, you know, too bad. She yeah. doesn't have any power. So how does she get that power? Um. So this is this is her life as far as most of her youth is just being the kid that is, like, gung-ho. I'm going to be a police officer when I grow up. And oh, no. one day, <laughs> one day, there's... Like, you know, just a normal day, there's a beam of fire in the sky, and from this fire in the sky, a sword that is split in half falls into the ground in front of their home, right between Kale and Morgana. And at this point, they are teenagers, so a teenage Kale and a teenage Morgana. And I love this little clip here because i'm just gonna like condense it and it makes it a, so comedic because kilam recognizes that the sword is mahira's sword mm -hmm. so not only is it mahira's sword but it's been split in half so he immediately assumes the worst he assumes that mahira has been defeated in battle so he is heartbroken and devastated kale is like this must be mom's sword I've been chosen at yeah. last. I have been given the powers to enforce what is right in the world. And she takes up half of the sword and immediately sprouts wings and becomes like the figure of like a Diablo angel, like an angel from Blizzard's Diablo. All right. Yeah. And then Morgana is standing there looking at Kale, like bathing in the glory of her newfound justice looking at dad who is heartbroken on his knees and crying. And it's just kind of like, well, I guess, I guess, I, I guess the other half's for me. I don't know what you want <laughs> me to do. And she grabs the sword and she too grows wings, except her wings are black and she just turns into a goth mommy. Um, and real and quick, a little bit, a little bit of foreshadowing for those who have played the game or have seen art of kale. Uh, there are depictions of kale with both halves of the sword. Uh, we won't talk about that right now. <laughs> yeah, we won't talk about that yet. We won't talk about that right now. Because she has half a sword, yeah. all right? Mm -hmm. And and half a sword is still more than what Riven has. Mm -hmm. All right. And so now. Mathematically, this is, yes. Yeah. <laughs> you are correct. The math checks out. <laughs> So, so now this is the point as far in the history of the land yeah. where Kale and Morgana become the paragons of power for this new region of Runeterra. And it's under the 
it is under essentially like a worship of these two that we have a new kingdom being born in this land. And that kingdom is Demacia. So Demacia is officially born from this point. And Morgana and Kale play very pivotal roles in the forming of this society, as well as being leaders within it. We're going to ignore Morgana's part for the sake of this yeah. story right now. What? So the only thing that I'm going to touch is that Morgana decides to help the sick and the enfeebled, as well as the outcasts. All right, and that's the last time we're really going to talk about her role here. Kale immediately is like, "Cool, I am the police," and she <laughs> forms herself as the police chief, but. Being the spitting image of her mother, as well yeah. as now having the power of the, essentially the aspect of justice, she becomes a very renowned warrior. And even though this is a Demacia that is brand new and they don't have all the traditions in place in present day Demacia, they still respect, you know, any pr any proud and powerful warrior yeah. because any new kingdom needs to have a strong fighting force to defend whatever land they claim. So she immediately gets herself very high up the social ladder with her newfound powers and does end up making a cult following around her because of course you want to mimic the people that got you to the point that you're at. Unfortunately, if they're mimicking Kale, they do kind of create a justicator force. Mm -hmm. And anyone who's listened to a single one of our Demacia episodes <laughs> will be thinking of Mage Seekers, and you're thinking correctly. <laughs> yeah, it's... I think people have... Okay, first of all, once again, if this is your first episode, you may not be aware of our uh, position on police forces. Uh, in history, both <laughs> real and fictional. Uh... You may now know. <laughs> so you have an idea. Continue with you as you will. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. Great people. Um, <laughs> now, as far as with uh, as far as with this cult following that Kale has created, Kale has always been very precocious. She is the Karen of the block. Yeah. And now she has the power of the police chief on top of being that person. So the. Whatever law is now set is held very strictly, and the punishment is very harsh, and it's handed out by Kale and her Justicator Force. And the only soft spot that she has, the only shred of humanity that she ever shows that's left, is towards her sister, Morgana. Yeah. Now, again, Morgana is off doing her own thing, but doing her own thing and picking up the downtrodden in this police state means that she is, you know, helping out mages. A lot of Kale's followers don't like that. They want to get rid of it entirely. Kale has a soft spot for his sister, doesn't want to interfere. So she wants Morgana to do her own thing, but she can't control everyone because at the end of the day, she is a human that yeah. has the power of an aspect she's not actually a god so one of her followers who turns out to be the her right hand in the organization a man named ronas so ronas decides you know what if kale doesn't have the strength to do what is right i will do it in her stead. Ronas is a simp he oh yeah i mean <laughs> definition of simp he's Every in organization the organization has one 
Yeah, and he's he's got his picture next to the word simp in the dictionary. <laughs> all right, like that's what Ronus is. So he he's like, you know what? If Kale can't do it, I'll do it for my queen. Oh, and no. he goes and tries to stop Morgana. <laughs> yeah. And the this ends up leading to Ronus's death. We don't know who killed Ronus. We don't know what happened, but we do know that Ronus wanted to lock up Morgana. He was yeah. not trying to kill Morgana. He was just trying to, you know, an, enact the law. And Kale sees a dead Ronus. And uh, this is where we turn into an episode of The Boys. Um, <laughs> yeah. Because Kale is not happy that Ronus is dead. And Kale's reaction is entirely based on her emotional response to this news. And she goes on a killing spree. Yeah. Yeah, so I, we're we're talking like um, uh, we're we're talking like you know laser beams shooting at random. Yeah, it's not houses. nation level, but at this point yeah. in time, it might as well be for this town yeah. slash village. I mean, you know, like off of the scale, you could say it's like ruination esque because yeah. Demacia is very small at this point. It's yeah. just collections of villages. Like it's not an actual kingdom, so you know it's like probably like close to ninety percent of this area is destroyed yeah. but in the grand scope of things it's not a lot but still it's a it's bad it's not <laughs> it's good it's very bad <laughs> it's very bad you know like you know just because it's a small town you don't want 90% of the small town to die <laughs> <laughs> this is true so and on the in in the same thought of you don't want 90% of them to die there's only one person powerful enough to try to deal with a rampaging kale yeah. and that's morgana mm -hmm. so morgana takes up to the skies cuz kale at this point is flying in the sky enacting her judgment on everything so morgana takes flight and they end up having a bit of sakuga up in the sky and this goes on until they hear the death the death cries of their father kilam so within all of this wanton violence their dad gets caught up in it and kale finally snaps out of her reaction to fly down to see morgana holding her dying father to witness his last breath so no exchanging of words or anything she just catches the final breath of her father that was basically killed in her own wanton violence yeah. and is heartbroken and realizing what she has done and realizing that you know she is kind of you know broken a law here uh she decides to just leave so she takes up the second half the of the sword anime running from your problems <laughs> she she could she would have been a great anime dad <laughs> a wonderful anime dad but she takes up the other half of the sword that was left by their mom and she takes to the skies flies off into the horizon she can see mount targon uh, in her flight and she decides you know what i am going to go to mount targon and then it is there that i'm going to reunite with mom because remember she's convinced that mom's okay and it is she decides to reunite with mom and try to learn what it means to be the aspect of justice. Yeah. And whether or not she actually meets mom or not, we don't know. We just know that she goes off into the sunset and 
Morgana as well decides to go off into the sunset in a completely different direction because it's like, yo, that that's heavy. This is ridiculous. So they both go their separate ways. And now they live in legend. We know that they exist, but we don't know where they are. And a lot of the depictions that we get in Demacian lore and Demacian art is based off of Morgana and Kale. Uh, that's one of the reasons that gargoyles, cough, cough, Galio, uh, were created is because they're winged protectors. And it's the winged protectors that gave birth to Demacia, despite almost ruining it. But that you know that's for some people they remember them as the protectors of demacia's scant few remember the horrors that they brought but either way they're now revered and they go off into legend and everyone's just kind of waiting for the day that something will arise that dictates the need for the winged protectors to return and that's where her story leaves off here yeah that's that's where you know that's a very realistic uh, part of the story at the end where when so much destruction happens who writes the history and then what is written about the events and the way it turns out and what we know now um, to the way Damasio turns out and it as a flawed nation is established and grows from this type of beginning makes complete sense yeah and like a lot of the flaws is going to really make sense because of how they got them. It's like, yeah, why are mage seekers so fervent and why are they so gung-ho about their mission? Yeah. Oh, now I get it because scale was ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, enough of for his story. Let's talk about the card yeah. because this is a card that I really enjoy while simultaneously thinking it's garbage. <laughs> um, and if you disagree with me, hit us up at Podcast Core because I, I would love to know how to play this correctly. <laughs> um, <laughs> all right. So the, Kale is a five mana, one five. And she, her ability is I have plus one plus zero for each time an ally attacked with increased power. When I'm summoned, grant allies plus one plus zero. Uh, now, as far as like the summoning th being grant, that's actually kind of sick. Like it's really good as far as for go wide strategies. Yeah. Um, but she also has empowered six and quick attack. <laughs> so if, Real? They if found you, a way to fucking put it on the card anyway. <laughs> yeah. So like if you get like it was like we did it. We have a champion without quick attack, except it could give herself quick attack. Um <laughs> But it's by far like the hardest hoop to jump through because yeah. that's plus five. That's yeah, a, there's lot. a lot of hoops there. That's a lot of hoops. Um, and speaking of a lot of hoops, her level up is I have 11 plus power at round start. So it's not a thing. This isn't Magic the Gathering where you can hold priority in your upkeep and slam all of your burst speed buffs yeah. to level her up. Like that's that's hard. Um, but her, just like in the game of League of Legends, her level up is terrifying because um, she then becomes a 2-6. We know she's not a 2-6. She's going to be a 12-6 at this point. Um, and with quick attack and overwhelm, and I have plus one plus zero for each time an ally is attacked with increased power. When I'm summoned or level up, grant allies plus one plus one. And now she has empowered 16 double strike <laughs> um so yeah yeah uh like if she flips it's pretty much game over i just don't see a world where anyone it's funny flips you this magic card. because 
if Magic had angels like Giselle and stuff like that that had jumped through these type of hoops, they wouldn't be as dangerous. <laughs> but they just give them the power. Kale in this card game, you have to work for it. You have to work really hard for it. And the times that I've tried to play around with this card, I usually will just end up dying or killing my opponent before I get to any of the fun stuff. Yeah. So I uh, who who knows? But that we're we're not gonna talk about that anymore. Let's talk about the flavor here. Yeah. So and, on the before before you hop into the flavor, um, we've talked about like our additional episodes. And for Kale's release, a lot of cards have you'll hear again um met mentions from Lorekeeper Skaheen. And we may do an episode where we go through all of his comments, um, which would be cool, like the books of Lorekeeper Skaheen. Um, yeah, because um, I mean, like, especially a show like this, we're talking about the lore of this universe. Yeah. So we, it would only, it would only kind of hurt us if we ignored a lore keeper. <laughs> um, True, despite the fact that he's not a champion. Yeah, you know, yeah. like we, we, we still want to know what he says. <laughs> but uh, speaking of lore keeper Skyen, um, let's go to the front side of Kale. And the quote here is the Demacians know her as the winged protector, but those of us who live under the vault of stars in Targon know her as the daughter of justice, bearing divine purpose and a sword of starfire. And that is a direct quote from Lorekeeper Skyen. And then on the flip side, we get another quote, and that is, we would surely know her to see her. Should she ever return? But I worry there is little reason for her to do so beyond a threat so dire that it requires her interference. And this, you know, that kind of plays into like the attitudes of like the those who kind of know the big picture, because this isn't like, you know, uh, like the real world where they have the Internet. And they can look up what's happening all the on the other side of Runeterra, yeah. right? But uh, like those who know, it's like, yeah, like Kale is Kale is a winged protector to some. Kale is destructive to others, but it's probably best if we never see her again. Because <laughs> if we have to see her again, what brought her? <laughs> yeah, it's <laughs> it, it. It reminds us of. I mean, you brought up Pantheon, which is so great. Because we know that aspects vary across the spectrum. There's a lot of them, right? And they have different motivations. They have different purposes. And, you know, Pantheon in life and in death and then in life again. (laughs) 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 Proves himself to be a man of the people. And for Kale, she never does that. Because the person that does do that is Morgana. Even though Kale is, it, it's a case when you put a system above the people, and Kale is a very systematic person, and becoming an aspect only intensifies that. So ultimately, people say, well, sometimes a system can do justice, but when it's purely in service of one and it has that much power, maybe it's best if we look elsewhere. Um, which brings us back to what we mentioned at the beginning with our spell, right? Yep, and I don't know if I could put it any better. That's perfect. All right, and and that's the reality of Kale's story, but that is also her story. So if you liked it, please let us know. Like hit us up at podcastcore at gmail.com. 
uh and i can't wait to dive into more of this stuff because like the birth of kale and morgana is like one of my favorite yeah. tales it's been a while I, if you go back to our old episodes you'll see hetch waiting is like damn i can't wait to do this tomorrow fast forward <laughs> three billion years look i've waited i did <laughs> i served my time, I did my time. <laughs> so with that as always thanks for hanging out thanks for listening and we'll be back soon with the next episode yeah take care everybody